Now it's time for the Rural News with Sally Murphy. And Sally, stock transporting companies are feeling the effects of delays at processing plants? Kia ora Katie, yes some trucks are on the way to the freezing works are only half full which is having a negative impact on companies' profits. Meatworks around the country have been short staffed for the last few years due to the border closure and staff sickness. Some farmers we've spoken to have been expecting to send 300 lambs off but on the day of collection the works only has capacity for half of them. Ia Ara, Aotearoa Transporting New Zealand Chief Executive Nick Leggett says that's having a big impact on stock moving companies. I was speaking to a transport operator yesterday who had a load of 500 lambs scheduled to run to a meat plant and they only ended up carting 300. And, of course, they they don't get compensated in many cases for those kind of miscommunications and inefficiencies and that adds to uncertainty, it adds to stress and it adds to cost. Mr Leggett says he respects the whole supply chain is affected but doesn't see why transporting companies should run at a loss. They build their business on their scheduling around an expectation of what they're going to carry for the day. And when that changes, when they rock up to pick up, in this case, lambs, they're not meeting the budget that they were, that they were counting on to be able to run their business. And Communication is a big part of the problem that the livestock transport sector face and you know, there are many, many examples of this across the country. Nick Leggett says he's planning to raise the issue with the government soon. To other news, a second appeal has been lodged against NZ King Salmon's consent to establish the first open ocean fish farm in the Cook Strait. The Marlborough District Council approved the company's Blue Endeavour project last month, but now it's facing snags. Sally Winley reports. The McGuinness Institute has just filed an appeal against NZ King Salmon's proposed open ocean farming project several kilometres north of Cape Lambert. The institute is described as a think tank working towards a sustainable future. This second appeal follows an objection from the Department of Conservation, which wants to change certain conditions before final consent for the farm goes ahead. King Salmon's move towards farming in the colder waters follows recent history of poor fish harvests and increasing numbers of dead fish that were attributed to warmer water temperatures. In a statement, the company said it would go into mediation with DOC and any other interested parties in the new year. A marine conservation group says more legal action will be taken against the government surrounding the protection of ocean habitats and the species which rely on them. This follows a High Court ruling that the government is allowing too many crayfish to be caught around Northland. Lawyers argued that when the government set the catch limit, it wasn't given enough information about the negative effects on the underwater ecosystem. A policy advisor for the Environmental Law Initiative and Te Uru o Hukuhukuhapu, Ingrid O'Sullivan, says the case confirms the fisheries minister was not told overfishing of crayfish would lead to a rise in the number of kina, which destroy kelp beds. He wasn't taking into account the impact that harvesting crayfish has to that level has on the on the kelp, and our argument was that the Fisheries Act actually requires that. The kind of the consequence of that, and what the judge has. Um, ordered is that the Minister remake his decision taking into account that information. Ingrid O'Sullivan hopes the landmark court decision about crayfish catch numbers will lead to better overall management of New Zealand fisheries. 
for us, I guess we were just really pleased that um, the court recognised that those parts of the Act are actually really important and we're hoping that um, from this decision there'll be better advice going forward to the, to the Minister on which to base decisions. Ingrid O'Sullivan says the Environment Law Initiative is now working on legal action, alleging that aspects of managing protected species such as dolphins and seabirds may be unlawful, including the way reporting of bycatch is conducted. The Fisheries Minister, David Parker, says the judgment is currently being considered and no decision has been made yet whether to appeal. A company which fits solar panels on farms to power dairy sheds says demand for the green energy is growing. Christchurch-based Sol Agri installs and maintains solar panels on farms with no upfront cost to the farmer if they agree to a 20-year contract. As you may have heard in the business news, it's received a $10 million investment from the government-established investment bank Green Investment Finance. Company Chief Executive Peter Saunders says the funding will enable Sol Agri to expand to meet increased demand from farmers. A lot of them are concerned about the way the electricity market's going at the moment. There are a number of factors which are causing that. The uh, the lack of surety around TY Point in the past is now starting to harden up. It's becoming reasonably clear that they're probably staying, which is which means that the expected surplus of energy that was going to be freed up from that at the end of next year isn't isn't really going to be there. And at the moment, all that's happening is electricity prices are, are slowly ratcheting up. So something that comes along that doesn't cost the farmer any money but but enables them to to lock in their electricity price for quite a quite a substantial period is quite attractive to them. Peter Saunders says the solar power costs farmers about 30% less than electricity sourced from the national grid. And that's the rural news for today. Koe rā te purunga o te tai whenua.